0: Wide in the middle of your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Grant and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, long time, no uh no talk. How you been? Uh
1: good. Not good. bad. How's How the, you been?
0: Uh been good. It's been been crazy. I I'm glad everything's kinda done now, because the last few weeks have been just insane. So finally starting to to get things back to but I i mean, I guess you could call it normal. I mean, normal for me is kind of chaotic, but it's been really chaotic lately. So we're, we're getting back to it. So yeah, but Still your pain. yeah, definitely. A, definitely a busy couple weeks, you know, sorry, sorry, everyone out there. You know, we, we didn't have the show last week, last week I was gone. So as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, my grandma up in Washington passed away. I had a a live stream that I had done for, um, you know, on my YouTube channel, um, and I got done with it. And as soon as I got done with it, I had messages from family members up in Washington, and for them to message me, I being like, "Hey, where are you? Hey, what's your numbers? So, like? like, we got to talk." That type of thing. I knew something was wrong, and so, sure enough, my grandma was in the hospital. They had only given her a couple of days, as you guys know. I hopped on the plane, flew up there. Um, they basically kept her on the oxygen until I got there. I was able to say goodbye the whole shot. Um, she passed away, before, literally it was six or seven hours after I, after we left the hospital. So dealt with that. We came, I came back and they had the funeral this last week. They did it the 15th. And so they had pushed it out like a week and a half. So a lot of us who live out of town, could go because my, my grandma she had she had five kids all right she had seventeen grandkids and like thirty four great grandkids like I mean she is a big family and so yeah, a bunch of us that, that live out of state now and so we all you know went back and so me and my son we drove up there Monday Monday night and it's so funny because I've made this drive like 50 times. It's a straight shot up I-5 from where I live. You're literally, you're on I-5 90% of the time. You know what I mean? It's just like you you take, you know, Highway 70 to 99 to I-5. And then once you get on it, you're literally on it until you're all the way up into Washington. And then you switch over to Highway 14. And like, that's it. It's like, you know going cross-country on uh what is it interstate 40 right it's like hey man going from california to oklahoma oh well i-40 right it's just a straight shot you know what I mean? like it's pretty hard to screw up well my wife was like so worried about it because you know it was me and my son her baby right and mommy's and their baby boys right and so she's like be careful don't fall asleep i don't want you to go you know all this stuff like this and you know, like I was like, I had woken up Monday morning with the plan of like, Hey, you know, I think I'll do, I think I'll stay up all night long and then try to do a 600 mile drive in nine hours on no sleep. Right. Like, I'm just like, babe, just relax. So got there, everything was good. Um, you know, had a, Had a good week considering that we were there for a funeral. The circumstances obviously sucked, but got to see a lot of family, got to spend a lot of time with people. It was, we had, we had a really good time, um, got back Friday afternoon. It was like around 11 or 12 in the afternoon and I've literally been going nonstop ever since. I don't think I've had one day where I've slept more than four hours, So it's been, yeah, it's, it's been crazy, but, um, we're finally getting, getting close to caught back up. The good thing is, and I'm hoping you got the same thing going on. It hasn't been hot. Thank the gods. It's been nice and cool.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It was, it was like 94 yesterday, hot, muggy, rained overnight and now that I think the the high today is seventy and it's mid seventies for the rest of the week, forties overnight. I love it. Yeah, My time of the year.
0: Me too. I love it, man. I summer adios. See you later. Fall, please, please come. We 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 need some more cool cool weather because I'm sick of the heat. So, me but, too. If yeah, it could it,
1: stay fall year round, I'd be so damn happy.
0: Well, I, I would be very happy I, I do enjoy winter though i do like winter like i do like it when it's
1: yeah maybe, maybe chilly it, outside now granted I,
0: yeah i that's the thing i don't have ohio indiana minnesota you know i ain't got that kind of winter out here in northern california it gets cold but it ain't like well, it, it's not minus 20 cold out here okay so yeah you know we you don't get, have that I'll try yeah to. we don't have <laughs> we don't we don't get six feet of snow type of type of stuff right like it snows here once a decade, you know, where I'm at in the valley and and it's an inch or two, you know what I mean? It's it, we've got it for a day and then it's gone and that's it. Like I mean, it's one of those things where I can count on one hand how many times it snowed here in my lifetime in the valley, right? Like up in the mountains and stuff like that we get snow, but like here in the valley it it's, you know, it's been three or four times in my life. So we don't get a lot of snow. Um but the, the thing that I wanted to, to talk about to kind of open stuff up here is, you know, we had the last couple of weeks, we've had the NASCAR races. Obviously, we had last week the race at Bristol and, you know, hats off to Chris Buescher in the 17 car, you know, happy for him. That was an awesome win but there was obviously a lot of controversy that came with the win now we're going to dive into a bunch of different aspects of it but the big one for me has to do with perception and reality so what the hell am I talking about well perception is essentially What shapes your reality? One of the examples or analogies that I always like to use is for this, is is because it's so simple, is my cousin Nikki, her husband Ryan, he's colorblind. Okay. For him, right? The sky is green. That's his reality. That's the way that he perceives the world because he is colorblind. But for him, that's his reality, right? Perception shapes reality, right? For my son, you know, buying a hundred and fifty dollar toy is no big deal because he doesn't buy them. I do, right? Like that—that's just the way he perceives it. Until I turn around and say, "Sorry, dude, we're not spending that kind of money. You better start working and earning, earning some money," right? But that's the perception that shapes the reality. You listen to anybody who watches the NFL, right? or even Major League Baseball or the NBA. Instant replay is a fucking joke. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. Everybody who is pro instant replay, they all say the same thing. Hey man, I just want to get it right. Well, I too would love to have a system that gets it right. The problem is, is they get it wrong, and it just wastes a bunch of time. But the perception of instant replay is that, oh, We're just trying to get it right when all it does is screw things up, right? The perception versus the reality are two different things. Last week at Bristol, we had two very different situations, and it literally just makes you throw your hands up and say, NASCAR, what the are you doing? And when we look at the caution flags that were thrown in the situations that regarded Joey Logano in one hand and then Brad Keselowski in another, They were two very similar situations in terms of what happened, right? Flat tire, you know, issue, guys getting out the way, that type of thing. But the reaction by NASCAR was completely different. And if you wanted to make the case that, hey, they were trying to influence the outcome of the race, which I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you wanted to make that case, you could because that's the way it looks. Keith, did you see that? in the Bristol race. Uh, I might've missed it. So the cautions that happened between the two car and then the Logano, right? One of them, they throw the flag super quick, super quick. Like there was no reason to throw the caution. I know what you're talking about. And that last caution really screwed things up. If you look at Kevin Harvick at that time, He was probably the fastest car on the track. He was making his way to the front. They did not need to pit, okay, because they had the fuel to make it. Everybody had the fuel to make it to the end, and there wasn't a a big reason to come in and get tires. If you had a caution and you would run 100 laps or something, you would come get tires, but there was no reason to come in during a green flag to get tires because the tire fall off just was not there, and Harvick was in a must-win situation needed to get the win to move on and nascar throws a caution literally i mean it it seemed like it happened almost instantaneously like they were looking for the first sign of trouble to just throw the caution and they did and you look at what happened earlier in the race with kazalowski when he had the flat and was able to get out the way and you know that no caution right so It makes things seem very suspect. And there was a number of drivers who all had tire issues and power steering issues were a big, big problem. I mean, you look at Bubba Wallace and when he bounced it off the wall, when his power steering seal blew out. I mean, how long did he ride around before he got to the bottom? Right. And did NASCAR throw a caution immediately on that? No, they did not. So it makes it seem... Very, very suspect. Now, why do I bring that up? I bring that up because the perception, once again, when you look at this, is that NASCAR is a bunch of idiots when it comes to this shit they're either idiots they're inept they're dumb or they're manipulating it i don't think they're manipulating it. i think they make dumb decisions and then they make even dumber explanations for their decisions which just makes the situation worse i think for whatever reason they threw the car towards the end of the race we've seen this happen before Something happens. They throw the caution. Now everyone's going to come to the pits. They're going to get in Everyone's going to pit. They're going to get new tires. They're all going to get bunched up and line up, and we're going to have the, the race to the finish. The problem is, is we end up with the caution and a pit stop that shouldn't have happened. This, of course, screws over Kevin Harvick because his freaking wheel falls off coming out of his pit stall, and there goes his season. And it's a really shitty break for a race that overall in my opinion because i watched the whole thing from beginning to end was a pretty good race it wasn't the best but it wasn't horrible it was a pretty good race there was decent racing decent passing um there's definitely stuff that needs to be improved on with these cars at the short tracks which we're going to get into but you've got this this cloud now that hangs over it because of the way NASCAR handled a really what should have been simple situation because it cost one of the most known and polarizing drivers a shot at a potential win. So Keith, did you get to watch the race?
1: So yeah, I I watched it. I watched the whole thing. I was by how good it was my expectations weren't very high just because of what happened at Martinsville with the car yes I thought overall it was really good I think NASCAR needs to get their head out of their asses when it comes to yellows because they're so inconsistent that's the thing is the when, lack
0: of consistency man
1: when Brad Kay had his issue and it doesn't require a yellow but Christopher Bell who's in the playoffs keep in mind has the same issue they throw the yellow immediately. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning behind it was he was three wide. He had cars around him. There was nobody around him. Yep, nobody. That's what they said.
0: Yeah. And it, he was pretty. He was pretty clear of, of
1: people. You yeah. Know? He wasn't it wasn't yeah. like in
0: a pack. You know what I mean? No. Like
1: and and my biggest takeaway from it. If I'm Kevin Harvick, I'm pissed. Yes. Because. I was looking at the lap time data on my NASCAR app, and he was by far the fastest car mm-hmm. on the racetrack. He was coming to the front. Whether yeah. he was going to take the lead or not, we will never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Passing's a different story, but no,
1: he yeah, definitely had the
0: speed I, to get there. Mm-hmm.
1: I truly think he was probably going to move the leader to win the race. Yes. Which, hey, I'm fine with. It's Bristol. Stuff like that's going to happen. But, yes. and you've they... also
0: got to win to get into the round of 12. 100%. Yes.
1: Mm hmm. And I feel they they took his playoff chances away. Yes, he had an issue on pit road, but that wasn't the crew's fault. Rodney Childers posted a picture of the hub and and the snub the snout that comes off the hub that the wheel mm-hmm. sits on was all chewed up. Yep. So. It was more of a,
0: it was more of a mechanical issue then it's not like the, when you watched it happened, I remember when I watched it happen, I was like, Oh my God, those guys really, you didn't tighten the lug. Like that's what I thought. And then when I saw him back up and the way that they were looking at it, I was like, Oh no, something's broken. Something's not right with that wheel. So yeah, that was, um, that was a tough break. And we saw that on someone else's car too, where the, the. Where the pins on the hub line up at actually warrants where the wheel would not sit flush. Yep. Correct. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, but yeah. It was it was that? Was it Truex or um? God, who was that? That's gonna drive me nuts. But I but think there it was, was another, Bowman. It might have been Bowman. Yeah, because I know the Hendrick, one of the Hendrick cars had an issue too. It might have been Bowman. But yeah, they it's. It's, it's sad, man, that, that that happened. You know what I mean? And like, like you said, we'll never know. It's a situation that, in my opinion, shouldn't have happened. Now, could have a caution happened later? You know what I mean? Yes, of course. It's just that's the issue, though, is the perception of it, right? You don't even have to be. Excuse me, a NASCAR fan to just watch a race and go, dude, they're kind of inconsistent with the whole yellow flag thing, aren't they? Right, like you know what I mean. Like you don't even have to be observant to see it. So and it's it's week in and week out. Yeah, and it's it's just sad.
1: And and here's what blows my mind on it: Christopher Bell really didn't put any debris down. Not that I saw. No, and and I didn't see any. I mean, it just. I feel bad for the four teams because I feel like that was their shot to get in, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it, it don't surprise me that they did it because if you recall a few years ago when Matt Kenseth was suspended for two races, NASCAR leaked some information, and I wish I could find it again, that they weren't going to suspend Matt Kenseth. The uh, the guy who's in charge of handing down the penalties and and presenting them, his son was a Joey Logano fan, and that's I found out that's why he was suspended.
0: Yeah, see that type of stuff is oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. And and, and oh there's no
1: place in in any type of sport for stuff like that. No, there's it really is
0: not. Bad. You know, it's just get the house in order, man. You know. For all the stuff that NASCAR has done, that that there's been a lot of good this year. We have been some of the the first to to talk about it in terms of a lot of the racing has been really good. We've seen a lot of improvements. There's a lot of stuff that has been positive signs across a lot of fronts. It it really has been, and they've made a lot of good decisions on stuff. And I'm excited. I'm I am excited about the future of NASCAR for the first time in a long time. But I agree, you know, stuff like this. This is the type of shit, man, that just causes it just pisses
1: me off. It, yeah. it aggravates me to no yeah. end
0: because it's just Mickey Mouse shit, man. You know what I mean? Like it's it's Bush League. And I don't mean like, you know, the old school, you know, bushers. I mean, like Bush League as in it's an insult, like it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm really hoping we don't have any more issues like this the rest of The playoffs just because overall it's been pretty good the playoff racing um you know the races that we've got coming up are it's it's going to be interesting man you know we've got some some interesting tracks when you consider we still have obviously um we've got uh what you might call it uh talladega we've got the roval we've got um you know Phoenix, Homestead, Martinsville, you know what I mean? So we've got some interesting interesting uh tracks that, you know, with the exception of maybe Martinsville. I'm not too, I'm not too I'm sure. I'm not looking
1: forward to Texas.
0: Yeah, and Texas too. That's another one. But Las Vegas, right? Vegas is a track that's kind of similar to Kansas in terms of you know the way it is. Those mile and a half tracks have been really good. Homestead, I'm I'm interested to see how Homestead's going to be with this car. So you know we've got some opportunities for some really good racing, and I just don't want them to screw it up with stupid calls, right? Well, so,
1: and unfortunately, they're going to.
0: Yeah, I I'm afraid they are. Which I is, can say that is in, in confidence, which yeah.
1: sucks. It shouldn't be that way. It should never be that way. Yeah. And and I don't know if you watched the pre-race show or not. A couple of the Hendrick drivers were were bitching at NASCAR also about teams can fix all the problems. They just won't let them. Yeah, that's... I think we need to go back to allowing teams, if there's issues, you can fix them. Instead of having dumb stuff happen that shouldn't happen.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, you know, is NASCAR, you know, I gave them a lot of credit before the season started when NASCAR allowed the teams to come up with the solutions for a lot of the problems that they're having when it came to the, to the, to the, you know, the heat in the cockpit and, you know, all this stuff that they were dealing with. And, you know, there was big issues with the steering and, you know, the steering box with the lock to lock and stuff like that, the way that it was working and, and the teams came up with the solutions for that stuff, and I gave NASCAR a lot of credit for that. But it seems now the way that it's like, okay, well, season starting up, we just we're, we're we don't want you guys doing anything. I get the whole wanting to maintain the level of competition, but you've got to have problems solved because right now there's some serious issues when it comes to things. Yeah, you know, and I get them. I get the argument that NASCAR made about Bristol. You know, that's a unique situation. It's obviously a a much different load that's being put on the you know we saw the power steering issues this last week you know it's very hard to to account for what that load is going to be on that steering box at a track like Bristol i can tell you right now one of the biggest reasons for the 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 load problem is the speed that the cars are carrying through the corners these cars are flying through the corners yeah it's, they are it's insane Um, it's, it's something that really needs to be addressed because I think that's one of the biggest, I think if they took care of that, we would see a lot of other stuff improve, but yeah, you're right. NASCAR needs to let these teams handle these solutions. Um, and they might come to a point where they've got to, because it doesn't look like we're going to be seeing, you know, a glut in terms of supply anytime soon when it comes to all these components and stuff like that.
1: Right, and and my thing is, is the, these random stupid part failures shouldn't happen. Like Chase Briscoe shouldn't have to run 500 laps at Bristol with no power steering. Yeah, that's asinine. Yeah, it's stupid for it to happen. I feel like if you were allowing teams to go back like they used to and fix the issue, it it would have never happened. Yeah. Same with the fires. I'm surprised that they came out with a solution that quick yep i'm with you
0: so so it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of this season but but yeah you know nascar once again does something stupid when it comes to the cautions but moving on let's get into hit or miss because we've got a bunch of stuff to cover um on the topic of, you know, not just Bristol, but also things moving forward. So, Keith, first one. And this, this, this is going to be a big one for me. Hit or miss. Goodyear needs to make the Tigers fall off a whole lot more. Is that hit or miss the mark?
1: I'm going to say it hits the mark because yeah, that you. Bristol that Bristol race could have been better if there was tire fall off. And that goes for the trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series.
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, what's his name? Noah Gregson. Dude, he won the race and his tires had like 100 laps on him. And he yeah. was still fast. It's not like he was slow. He was still fast, man. The fall off is just not there. They got to have more fall off.
1: And I completely agree. I think it would make these boring-ass races like the Richmond race and in Bristol, I think it would make it more exciting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't alleviate it with the resin, because then it, it turns into a one-lane racetrack again. And I'm glad they didn't put the resin back down. But I think Goodyear needs to come up with a, a different tire that has fall-off.
0: Yes, and that's, that's mean, the it, issue.
1: That last run in the cup race at Bristol, they would have won a hundred and something laps, and they were still flying. I mean, Kevin Harvick was putting down some impressive lap times before the yellow came.
0: hmm Yep. Yeah, they, they, you know, NASCAR. They came out right. We got this next gen car, and I get it. Right, they want to make them more recognizable to what we see on the roads. That is. I completely 100% understand that nobody is cruising. You don't buy a brand new Chevy Camaro ZL one and it have 15 inch rims on it. No, it's got the 18 inch rims. It's got the low profile tires. Like that's what the Mustangs come with. That's what every, even the Camrys come with that, right? All those cars come with that. That is just how new cars are. They do not have those, you know, big, you know, thick sidewalls that are like made out of bubble gum with these 14 inch rims. Those days are long gone. So I understand it. But if you're going to do that and then also widen the tire and increase the contact patch at all four corners of the car, you've got to figure out a way to have some fall off in those tires. You can't increase the grip that significantly increase the grip also in terms of the underbody with the the diffuser and the downforce, and then have a tire that literally works as good as a GT3 tire, right? Because like, that's what the, those guys are out there turning laps like they're in a GT3 race, except in a GT3 race, you're going left and right. So you're putting more wear on the tires where these guys, dude, it's like their tires aren't even wearing. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And they've got to have more fall off if you want to see that that racing, because we want to see the cars sliding around. We want to see drivers having to to work. Yes, I like watching cars go fast, but I like watching good racing. Okay, I've seen good racing in street stocks before. It doesn't have they they don't have to be these modern technical marvels for me to enjoy the racing. They really don't. I just want to see good racing. And I think NASCAR's really got to fix this tire situation because it's it's causing a big problem, right? In terms of of one of the major aspects of the sport, which is the strategy behind the pit stops and the tires and, and that stuff.
1: And I completely agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So hopefully... Hopefully, Goodyear will, will do that. I mean, I don't think we're going to see too much of it this year because this, this season's almost over. But going into next year, that is one of the things I'm really hoping they're going to work on. So, All right, next one. Hit or miss. NASCAR needs to stop putting PJ1 on the racing surfaces. Hit or miss the mark, Keith.
1: Ooh. I'm going to say, man. I'm gonna say it misses no. really no i'm gonna say it hits the mark okay and, and here's my reason why i feel like if you take the pj1 away the racing will be better because now they have to move around and manipulate things to find grip and not just oh hey we can run through this grip strip right here and we're good
0: yes that's that's what I want to see. Now, I understand and and I bring this up because the reasoning
1: just, behind it. And that's why it's yes, kind of iffy.
0: Yes. And I understand that this week, you know, at Texas, for example. Right. I understand that they've got those tracks that they've been putting this crap on and now it's destroyed the surface at the in in those parts to where you literally have to have the stuff on there for it to have any grip whatsoever, because that shit yep. ruins the surface but they should not be adding it to any new tracks. And once a track is repaved or refinished or something like that, they should not should, be no, putting this crap on there anymore. I,
1: I that And that's where I agree with it. Yeah. It's just because, horrible because it does destroy the racing surface enough to where it will force a repave mm-hmm. if they don't run without it, because it, it just, it deteriorates the concrete or, or the asphalt. Yep that the racetrack is made out of. And yeah. I, that's where I don't, I don't like it. Yep. Yeah. And see one now, of the, the tire th- dragon, the tire dragon where they lay down the rubber. Okay. I, I can get with that for a minute because it doesn't destroy the racing surface. No,
0: I'm, I'm fine with that, that because all you're doing is just, you're essentially, it's like working in a dirt track. You're just pre-applying yeah. rubber to it. I'm fine with that. I'm actually fine with that. I have no issue with that. Now. If they're going to do that, they need to figure out a way to do that consistently. So you're not setting up one line over another to be so much faster, right? Have too much grip over another. But that is something that I think they can work on with some tire testing and stuff like that. The guys, you know, the NASCAR and the teams, they've got incredibly intelligent individuals. So does Goodyear when it comes to, right, The when you start talking about coefficient of friction and grip levels and stuff like that so i think that's something they can figure out but the pj1 that's this crap they got to stop putting it on the tracks the tracks that they've been using it at for a while now it's it's ruined them those tracks have those track services have literally become like heroin addicts dude like they need the pj1 just to be viable like they, they need it just to function now it's it's ridiculous so i really want them to stop putting that crap on their and these tracks, once they refinish them and, and resurface them, you know, don't, don't put that junk on there no more because it's horrible.
1: Yeah, I hate it. So.
0: All right, next one is going to be, this is a little, little bit of a different one, a little bit of a curveball, but after being the most consistent driver in the round of 16, Christopher Bell is now emerging as a top three favorite for the championship. Does that hit or miss the mark?
1: I'm going to say it hits the mark. I am with you, man. He has done really, really good. <laughs> he, he is showing up when the spotlight's starting to shine. Yep. And and where it's starting to shine, the Chase Elliott's and the Kyle Larson's of the world are starting to fade.
0: Yeah, it's... Um, it has been impressive um, what Christopher Bell has done so far this playoff. Uh, he is averaging, I believe, it is a a fifth place starting position and a fourth place finish in the the first three races of the playoffs. So Dar- he started second at Darlington, fourth at Kansas, eighth at Bristol. He finished fifth at Darlington, third at Kansas, fourth at Bristol. I mean, he's been. And he led a lot of Bristol. He has, and he's had speed. He's had legit speed. He hasn't been. It's not like he's fluked his way to the front. He's been fast.
1: Yep, um, I can't agree more.
0: Yeah, he has definitely been one of the the uh, uh, the best drivers, if not the best. Um, him and obviously his team too. This playoff uh so far in fact he has he moved up in my power ratings he went from i think it was 11th to he is now tied for second with Kyle Larson in terms of the rating system the way that i power rate them the only driver that is better than Christopher Bell right now in my power rating system and it's by a half a position is Chase Elliott it's Chase Elliott then Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell those are your top 3 so he has been doing really, really good. And if he can get through, I think if he can get through this next round, the round of twelve, I think he's got a legitimate shot at winning the championship. Because, you know, obviously Talladega is a is a wild card, you know, but Texas, I mean Who knows with Texas? It's such a such a garbage track. But then you've also got the Roval at Charlotte. But then after that, with Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville, those tracks seem like tracks that could really set themselves up nicely for a Christopher Bell. You know, those those speedways, you know, Martinsville, obviously, it's gonna be tough to tell with all the shifting and the shit there, but. You know the other tracks I, he can do really well, and you know he just got to get one a win in in that round to make it to that final four, and then anything can happen. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I think he's definitely put himself in a really good position heading into the rest of the playoffs.
1: Yep, and I I like, I agree. Yeah.
0: So it's been a lot of fun watching it, man. Um, I've I've really enjoyed it. I was like, it's. I was sad to see Harvick not make it through. I was sad to see Kyle Busch not make it through, but, um, you know, it, it's, been, it's been really good so far. So,
1: a, a funny stat before we move on to the next one, mm-hmm. with the two RCR drivers missing it, yeah. Kyle Busch and Harvick not, and not advancing through. They all have one thing in common. They have either raced for RCR, or they are getting to race getting ready to race for RCR. How ironic is that?
0: I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> Which brings me to our next and final hit or miss. Uh, this happened while I was gone. We didn't get to cover it. Um, but Kyle Bush signing with Richard Childress for next season is a home run for RCR. Hit or miss.
1: I'm gonna say it hits the mark because Kyle's still a stud, and I think Kyle can, yes, will is. continue to be a stud till till three or four years. I think he's got at least five years left in the tank, maybe more, maybe less. Who knows? But Richard Childress hit a grand slam on this. I mean, you're losing Tyler Reddick. Why not replace him with Kyle Busch? Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, yeah. I think there's some more uncertainties, and, and I'm curious to see what happens now with Reddick going forward. But, Richard, you may have lost an A, but you just gained an A.
0: Yes. And that's the thing, you know, Tyler Reddick's ceiling, right? I mean, we don't know what his ceiling is, his potential ceiling. I mean, obviously you look at what Kyle Busch has already accomplished you're talking about one of the best to ever do it right talent wise the dude's incredible whether you like him or not he's an incredible talent so to even say that Tyler Reddick could reach that level is it's hard it's a hard thing to that's a hard thing to say right you look at someone like Kyle Larson who i would put up against any driver in terms of just raw talent and there's no guarantee that Kyle uh, uh, Kyle Larson is going to have as good of a cup career as Kyle Bush, right? When you think about all the wins that he's just in the cup series, I'm not talking trucks and extending everything else, just in the cup series with the championships and the wins, it is a very, very difficult thing to have the type of career that Kyle Bush has had. So and I- for RCR to get him, you're right, it's huge. It's huge because I think he's got at least four or five good years left in him.
1: Yeah, and I compare this to when Kevin Harvick was at RCR. They've not had a, an A driver since then.
0: No, the closest thing they've had is is Redick, and that was basically this year.
1: And, and, and the downfall with Redick, if you take the two road course races away, is Redick really an A? We don't know. We truly don't. I know he's really, really fast, and he's going to make Toyota better, I think. At least I, Denny Hamlin. I think he's going to make Denny Hamlin racing. I think a little he's better. an
0: A-level. Talent.
1: His ceiling is. Man.
0: Yes. I don't know if he's an A-level race car driver at this point. You're right. On the road courses like that, you know, that, and his, his skill, his ability, his speed is incredible, right? But he's got to put it all together. And I, I'm hoping that's when he gets over to 2311. That's going to happen. I think,
1: And I think they will unlock the rest of his talent over there. I truly do. I
0: do, too. You look at look at what happened with Kyle Larson when he went from, you know, Gnassi to Hendrick. Like, dude hit a level that nobody thought was even possible.
1: And and you see it with all these drivers that go from a solid team to an Mm -hmm. elite team. I mean, Kevin Harvick did it in 2014, won his championship there first year there. Mm -hmm. Kyle could do the same thing at Richard Childress. He really could.
0: Look at what Matt Kenseth did when he left exactly. Roush and went over to Gibbs. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Exactly. You know, so I'm with you, man. I, I think it was an incredible um, hire for RCR. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tyler Reddick now. You know, Reddick, what are they going to do? Right? What's he going to do?
1: And, and from what I found out in Reddick's contract, he has to be in an RCR fielded car. It can't be no alliance team or anything like that. The car has to be Childress owned. Yeah. And if I Childress wonder,
0: wants him out, I don't understand how they're gonna uh, work
1: that. And I don't see Childress digging deeper in his pocketbook to create a team for one year.
0: No. Uh-uh. I don't
1: see it happening. I foresee Toyota buying Tyler Reddick out of his contract if, and this is a strong if Kurt Busch moves on. If Kurt Busch retires after this year because of the health reasons, I could see Toyota yeah. buying Reddick out. That
0: could happen. You know, the but, more but, that this goes on, it's, it's so hard to know what's going to happen with Kurt Busch.
1: Or better yet, Richard Childress could end up just sitting Reddick. It really could. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I foresee something happening or being announced November, early December, because if yeah. this goes into January, this is where my concern comes. There's going to be too much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a distraction in the shop.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, because
0: RCR, Richard Childress did not just sign Kyle Bush to sit him on the sidelines and go, all right, man, what? 2023, <laughs> we'll see you in the car, right? Oh. Like it's no, that's that's for next year. Because you know if I mean? you
1: if you watch his press conference, mm-hmm. Richard Childress said, I, I don't care what happens with Tyler. Yep. So he he he's standing his ground.
0: Yep. So it'll and be, as he should, as he should. Exactly. And you, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can if if. If Denny can get Tyler into the car a year early, I do think if the opportunity is there to get him in the car, they'll get the contract stuff taken care of. That won't be a problem, whether Toyota yeah. steps up or it's, or twenty three eleven or whoever.
1: Who's to say Toyota? Because Toyota fully funded Kyle's truck team, mm-hmm. and I could see Toyota going to Denny like, "Hey, we'll pay for the third car. Just get Tyler over here."
0: Yes, I could see that too, and. If you're Chevy, your GM, you got to be clicking your heels right now because you haven't had a driver of this caliber in, you know, quite some time in yep. the rich, in the RCR stable, right? Like Harvick. Yep. You know, your banner, your, your banner carriers have been Hendrick, but you haven't had that, that you know, that more rough around the edges type of, you know, face in a long time. Chevy has not had that since literally the Harvick days at RCR. So it'll be cool to see Kyle Busch in a Chevy. Um, I never never thought I would see that again, but it'll be cool to see.
1: And if I'm Chevy, I'm even more happy that he signed with the Chevy team Mm -hmm. because that will bring more Chevy trucks to the truck series.
0: Yes, which they need they absolutely need. terribly
1: they need it in a bad way mm-hmm. now it'll be surprising to see what toyota does in the truck since they're losing kbm
0: yep yep so so yeah a lot of stuff happening on the nascar front these last couple of weeks so picked a hell of a i picked a hell of a week to be gone but that's all right we got it all covered now so We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we got a big weekend coming up here on the dirt side of things with the Four Crown. um, One of my favorite weekends of the year, Keith. I know you love it too. So we're going to dive into our favorites for the Four Crown Nationals this weekend when we get back right after this. All right. So this weekend we've got the four crown nationals at Eldora. Um, I, I got to tell you, Keith, I don't know about you. I really love the format that they have now for the four crown. Too. You know, it's, it's really cool. Um, I don't know who came. I don't know if it was Tony Stewart or whoever it was, but hats off to him because it's so you cool the way that they do it now. Too. Yeah. It's so cool the way that they do it. So Friday night, is the before the four crown where um friday night you've got the world of outlaws will be running a full show so they'll be running qualifying heat race dash and feature and then you've got the midgets the silver crown and the are the USAC sprint cars running or no, no. I don't so, think they're so the running nights, the yes. Outlaws they'll run the outlaws. a full
1: program of midgets Yep. and the crown cars will qualify
0: yep. and the crown cars will qualify and then Saturday night you've got the all stars the USAC sprints the midgets those three will run full shows and then the silver crown will run their feature and um, it's just a really cool weekend of racing so with all of that, Keith, who are your favorites to get the win in the let's let's start it off. We'll start off on the the our favorite, the wingless side of things. Who's your favorite to get the wins for night 1 and night 2 in the Midgets? Ooh.
1: Night 1, I'm going to go with Justin Grant. Good pick. I'm going to go with Thomas Mesrel. RMS racing sweeps the weekend.
0: Good call. You know, it's so funny. I was actually talking to one of my cousins up in Washington when I told him what I did for a living. I started like, really? I can't believe you do that. It's like, yes, I, I am a professional sim racer. But I was talking about you know, when I first was doing racing back in the day on the on the race team when I was on CMR and stuff like that. And we were doing the midgets and the, the wing sprint and stuff like that. And I was telling the story of our first asphalt race that we had done in the midgets. It was a USAC Western States midget race back then. It was at the Stockton, um, pavement track, which was like, like a quarter mile, you know, it was like a quarter mile high banked, um, pavement track. He had Stockton and then also Madeira. And I remember back when Timez, Thomas Meserol was like an asphalt guy. Like that's what like that's what he was known for back then. Um, you know, like he was the guy who kicked everybody's asses on the asphalt side of things. I remember one of our drivers, John uh Sorale, he was Telling his dad when we were sitting there after Team Ez had put it on us at Stockton on the pavement where he was saying, I wish you had started me in quarter midgets on the pavement when I was a little kid like Meserol so I could be better on the asphalt. And it's so funny that, you know, he was like the the asphalt. I mean, don't get me wrong. He raced dirt and was good out here on dirt, too. But like that's what he he was like, the asphalt guy. And now he's like the ultimate gas man on the dirt side of things. It's so cool. I love it.
1: Yeah, Tom Timez is probably one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's one of my favorites too. He's just he's he's just fun to watch, man. And um, he's and he's also good. I mean, he's just he's a he's a phenomenal driver. So, so all right, so good pick. My picks for the midgets is going to be. I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. So, I'm going to actually take. Uh oh dang it, I lost my list. Where'd it go? I wanna oh dang it. I wanna get my list because I want to make sure I, I always get the name confused. Um uh, bump bump bump. So I'm actually gonna go with Macintosh and then Kofoid.
1: I like it. I yeah. like it. I like both of them. They're both really fast. Yeah, they
0: are. Um, I would now I would love to see Meserol win it just because I'm such a fan of his. But I've since you already picked him, I got to, you know, my backups. There were uh, Macintosh and Kofoid. So Kofoid's leading the points right now. He's got a good a good lead in the midgets. Um, over Justin Grant as the season's winding down, so, so yeah, midgets are always fun at Eldora, um, obviously for the four crowns. So, who is your pick on Saturday night in the USAC Sprint Cars?
1: Hmm, I don't, I don't know if Sunshine's racing, but I, I'm gonna go with, uh, I'm gonna go with Robert Blue. He's always fast there. Always, yeah, he is always
0: fast there. Um, that's a really good pick, and um, that was actually my number one pick. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's interesting because uh, I imagine you're going to see a lot of these guys pulling double, heck, even maybe even triple duty. Right, running the midgets, the 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 non-wing sprints, and even you'll probably see some guys running the the silver crowns. So i'm gonna take Justin Grant. I'm a ma- I mean, he's I like it too. he's leading the 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 national sprint points right now. I imagine he's going to be running the midgets and the sprint cars. so um yeah, he'll be pulling triple Justin duty Grant. triple duty, okay,
1: yep. he'll be running the midget sprint car in the silver crown,
0: okay. Yeah, see, I don't know if Sunshine's going to be running it cuz I know he's going to be running the winged car, right, the in the All-Stars. So I yep. would imagine he would be running the midgets, you know, I would think so. I mean, he dude, he just he does so good in the
1: he he dominates at Eldora whether it's a wing car, non-wing car, Silver Crown. He's just really yeah, good there. Yeah, he's
0: just awesome there. Like he could show up. That could be his one midget race out of the year and he's going to come he's he just like shows up and he's like the guy to beat it's it's incredible so it's crazy yeah all right what about your pick on the silver crown side of things
1: so i think i think uh i think logan cv repeats you
0: think logan cv that's a good one man i thought about him
1: he's really good there in a crown car he'd he'd was really good there last year.
0: Yeah, he is really good there, man. Um, I I thought about Logan C V, but I'm gonna go with CJ. I'm gonna I I like CJ, man. I, like I, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna pull it off this year. Um he uh I, he just when it comes to the silver crowns, I don't know. CJ literally is my guy on those on those things. Like I'm always just hoping hoping he does he does good. So so yeah. All right. Well, on the wing side of things, so Outlaws on Friday night. Who so you're gonna go in for with the Outlaws on Friday night?
1: I'm gonna go with uh, Jacob Allen. Dude,
0: that's a good pick. He has been
1: on on fire. Yeah, dude. Like, where did this come from? I don't. I don't know. But it, it's not just him. And Logan Schuhart's running really well too. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them guys wins Friday night.
0: No, it wouldn't, man. They've been doing so good. Like they're gonna
1: pick shark racing. Yeah. That's night. a that's a good pick, yeah.
0: <laughs> dude, because dude, they hit the west coast, man, and just just they tore up the dude, they just tore up the state in California, man. It was insane. Yeah, I'm dude, that's a good call, man. I am gonna go I'm gonna go with Sheldon, and that is sheer, that is just He's got an emotional pick, man, that I'm hoping Sheldon has and, a, a good run. He's been really up and down lately.
1: And he was going to be my first my first pick just because he's really good at Eldor. He's really good at the big tracks where you got to mm-hmm. be on the fence. Yep. But man, it just concerns me with their inconsistencies.
0: Yeah, it's almost like he's forgotten how to qualify
1: lately or something. I mean, it yeah. seems
0: like he's starting every feature from the back.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? He has been. And and it's hard to win races when you start 22nd. Yes. Well, especially
0: when you look, look at the competition that you're running with, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So hopefully Sheldon shows out, um, on, uh, on Friday night. All right. How about your final one? We got the all-stars on Saturday night. Who you got for the all-stars on Saturday night?
1: Ooh. And, and this is where it's tough but I'm going to go outside of the box here. I'm going to say Chris Wyndham gets his first career win with the
0: All-Stars. Ooh, nice pick. I like that one, man. That's a that's a good one. I actually didn't think of him. Um I I thought about going with Sunshine, but that was that's too easy. I'm going to actually go with Rico. Rico's running I, with the All-Stars. I I want to want to see want to see, see Rico get the win there, man.
1: And, I really like I, Rico. And I could see that happening too. He won there last season. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then he's, he's pretty fast there too. Yep. So I I wouldn't be disappointed if Rico wanted, if Tyler Courtney wanted, or if Chris Wyndham wanted.
0: Yeah. A lot of good wing guys coming up, man. It's, uh, you know, it's sad to not see them running without the wing, but it's good to know that we at least got some, some good crops of, of drivers coming up to the sprint car ranks. So Yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, or or buddy Bruce, he's going, he's going to the foreground Um, uh, I'm like, dude, you son of a, mm, I wish I we was. We need going. to fly you out here next. I, year dude, I need to, man, so bad. I want to, so bad.
1: I I think it is my favorite weekend of the year.
0: Yes, I and see, I would like to go just because this time of the year, it's also we're getting close to fall. The weather's not ridiculous.
1: You know what I mean. And and you just can't go wrong with Eldora. The food is cheap, like it's like three bucks for a cheeseburger. You can't go to a racetrack and spend three dollars on a cheeseburger. I'm sorry, no, you can't get and, a and,
0: cheeseburger from McDonald's for three dollars.
1: <laughs> no, and and the camping there, if you like camping, is amazing. Yes, and and then and that's why it's my favorite weekend of the year. You go across the street to the Eldora Village that they call it, and it's full of campgrounds. It's usually sold out and then it's nothing better than waking up, making breakfast on, on the grill or whatever. Then just hanging out, playing yeah. a cornhole and bocce ball and stuff like that. And then, then four o'clock rolls around and you're walking across the street. It, it's a freaking awesome weekend.
0: Yeah. See, I would love, I would love to go to it, man. I've always wanted to, s- to see a race at Eldora live. It's one of the the tracks on my bucket list. Um, We never got to go there back when I was traveling around with the race team and stuff. It was, it's one of my biggest, biggest regrets of not getting to go to.
1: And it's amazing, especially because it it looks fast on, in videos. Oh, I'm sure it's even faster in real life. Oh my goodness. You go to the infield and you get up next to the damn fence and they just come flying past. It is crazy. Like last year. Me and a couple of my buddies and Trevor Royer, we all went last year. We were standing on the inside of the uh, the pits there. We stood behind the fence at I think the entrance of Turn One, and Zeb Wise came in and just barely hit his bumper on the front wall, and you could see the concrete blowing off the fence. It was it was insane. That's
0: crazy. Yeah, yeah. Next year I'll have to try to get out there for that, man. That will be a l- that would be a lot of fun. My uh my wife might kill me, but <laughs> it would be fun. So it would be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up this week's show, we've got one last thing to do, and that is our goat of the week. So
1: Keith, you've got a goat of the week for this week? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with two of them. I'm gonna go with Noah Gregson and and uh, Christopher Busher for winning both the Xfinity and the Cup Series races. Uh Noah ran a hell of a race and then tire strategy won the race. Hundred and hundred and something lap old tires, who would have thought? And then, and then Christopher busher I mean people say, well he he won a race. Well, he did. By technicality yes but he flat out earned the win at Bristol I think mm-hmm. he drove probably one of the his better races and it was a long time coming for, for Christopher for Chris Buescher and Roush Fenway
0: yep yep I'm with you so good call on that I like it um, my my goat of the week I'm going to go a little bit of a different route just because of what he said in the pits, um, after his power steering issue, uh, with Martin Truex Jr. Just for his <laughs> quote, he said, they had said, what's the problem? And he said, well, it's like Harvick said crappy ass parts. So I love it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that, you know, we all, we just, we, we spent 30 minutes earlier talking about stuff that's got to get fixed. Um, I love it when those guys, are just blunt and candid like that because it needs to be said it, it needs to be taken care of and, and fixed.
1: And you know, when, when Harvick and Truex says these things, it goes a long way because they are big voices in the sport. Yes. I mean,
0: people listen. That's the thing.
1: When, the, when they speak, they listen yep. when they, and I think it goes back to the beginning of the year with Kyle Bush. He said the cars were built from Walmart. Yes. I mean, to to take away from the go to the week to not take away from it is, I I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, NASCAR has got a long way to come with this new car, especially safety wise. We got to not, we they've got to figure out how to keep these drivers safe.
0: Yes, they do. 100%. So, so yeah, that's going to be my go to the week. Um,
1: crappy ass parts
0: yep that's right so good call from X made me laugh probably uh, good,
1: probably a good thing tony stewart's retired
0: yes it it's definitely a good thing tony stewart is retired although
1: i would love it it would be great would for content <laughs> yeah hey, and and all these people all these race fans that that bash the drivers when they speak on the car what are, what are you going to do when Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Truex Jr. retires? Because these these younger guys they ain't saying nothing.
0: No, mm-mm. they're not. You know what I mean? They're not. That, um,
1: that's concerning. It, it is. really is.
0: And they need they need those guys, those old school drivers who have who have been around for a long a long time in the sense that these guys, you know, Kevin Harvick has literally been here from the when this all started, right? You know, you think about he was in the car that we had back in the the late 90s, early 2000s all the way through the car of tomorrow and every generation since, right? Like he's been a part of that. He knows What's been good, what's been bad, you know, the the benefits, the downsides of whether it's the downforce, the horsepower, right? Like you listen to someone like Kevin Harvick, he's like, dude, give us freaking thousand horsepower, man. Let us go out there, low downforce, a thousand horsepower, and make us drive these things, right? Like that is a good angle to have. He's gone through it. And so for him to say what he has been saying about this car, you should listen because that is someone who has been around. Has been around 100%. a very long time, right? A hundred
1: percent. Yeah.
0: You know, if Dale Earnhardt was alive today, if he was saying the same thing, you better believe NASCAR would be listening. So well, they should well, be now, listening to these guys.
1: Nowadays, if Chase Elliott doesn't say nothing, everything's good. We gotta and keep that in mind. That's the thing. But
0: you see, I I don't think Chase Elliott doesn't say anything. Because he doesn't believe it. I just think Chase Elliott's not the type of person to to do that. I just you know what I mean? Like I don't think he's that type of he's not a Kevin Harvick type person, right? No. He's not going to to talk like that, right? Even though he has said things in the past before, whether when he had when he had an issue with Harvick or you know, spats with other drivers on the track, but that's not his nature. He is not the Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Kyle right. Bush
1: type. And when it comes to the car, I think they expect the older guys to speak up and say something. I mean, I know we're trying to end the show and we just keep rambling on. Yes, but um, it's it's, it, it's the truth, though. That there is a reason why these drivers voted Jeff Burton as the Speaker of the Driver Council. Because Absolutely. When Jeff Burton talks, people listen because he is a pioneer of the sport. And it's the same thing with... Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Truex. And not only that they're pioneers of the sport and they've been through the evolution of the of the car, more so Harvick than the rest of them, they're mm-hmm. also champions. They're yep. going to listen to them. I, I feel NASCAR is going to fix this car. And I think they need to go to work on it as soon as the season's over. Yeah.
0: Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think they do as well. And I believe they will. I really do. I believe they will. So... Hopefully, I just, hopefully I just we're hope right. We don't,
1: I hope we don't get into January and then we're finally hearing about the car. Yeah, me too. Because then it's too late, I think.
0: Yep. Yep. So. All right, everybody. So that's going to do it all for this week's episode. Now, please, as always, keep doing what you're doing. Download, follow, subscribe, and uh, share it. Get it out there. Share it with leave your friends. Leave a review. Yep. Please leave a review. Um, five stars if you would that would be awesome. Be great. Um, the sh- the numbers are growing. I I'm trying to figure out that so the the platform that we're on is not the best at showing me the analytics like I got to go to all these different things to see the numbers. So like the show's growing um but because of this Mickey Mouse platform that I'm on Um, It's not showing me everything that I need to see. So um, I know things are growing and you guys are doing stuff for us and that's awesome. So keep on doing it. We appreciate it. And yeah, like Keith said, uh leave us a review. Uh if you know if you're on a if you're on an Android device, Spotify review is great. If you're on an Apple, of course, you could do it on the Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, whatever it is. So whatever the hell they call it now. So but anyways, you guys, that's gonna do it. Thank you very much. We will be back next week. Um, Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Enjoy enjoy the racing. We got a full weekend of racing and wait. uh and NFL football, which is awesome. So Can't I'm looking wait for forward that to either. It. Yep. Looking <laughs> forward to it. So have a good weekend to all of you out there and we will be back next week to do it all over again. And until then, as always, take care.